Welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a Hallmark review podcast. I'm Megan, and I'm a longtime Hallmark fan. I'm Wendy. I'm a former Hallmark hater. We are halfway through the season of The Way Home, and we are here today with a review and recap of The Way Home Season 2, Episode 5, Long Time Gone, which originally aired on the Hallmark Channel on Sunday, February 25th, 2024. If you want to keep up with us outside of the podcast, follow us on Instagram. We are in two places. We are at Girls Gone Hallmark and at Megan and Wendy. We also have a kick-in Facebook group. Come give us a join. We are definitely talking about The Way Home over there. And if I could note here, I think in last week's episode, I talked about a specific The Way Home Facebook group that I saw that had like thousands and thousands and thousands of members. I joined it. And I'm telling you that it's kind of frustrating over there to, mm. to because it's like some random person just just like join the group and they'll be like, hey, who do you think was watching Elliot and Colton around the fireplace? And I'm like, girl, that was five episodes ago. Like, we're beyond that. Like, yes, still a question that hangs out there, but there's a whole bunch of other things happening, you know, so if I may. Sure. For everybody listening, take this quick lesson. If you were in a Facebook group of any size and you are about to ask a question, please do a quick search in the group. See if anything comes up. See if that question has been asked once or twice or 300 times. This is not a problem we have in our Hallmark Facebook group for the most part. Like there's going to be some repetition. I don't expect you to scroll through every post, but there are a lot of Facebook groups I'm in where it's the same 10 questions repeated weekly because yeah. nobody ever looks back to see if this question has been asked and answered. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that discussion's already out there. Yeah, think. Just, well, in this particular case. Yes. So, anyway, you're right, though. Our Facebook group is not like that. <laughs> no, it isn't. I'm not talking to the members of our Facebook group, just pretty much every other Facebook group that I'm in. This episode is titled Long Time Gone, which is a song that was originally recorded by Crosby, Stills, and Nash, but I believe we're dealing with the Dixie Chicks version in 2002 for this episode. Yeah, but it's not the same lyrics, is it? Well, I don't know. It's not. They're two totally different songs. Okay. Yeah. Um. Hey, for news and notes, I went rogue. Ooh, do tell. So first of all, we're back with director Grant Harvey. He did direct episodes one and two this season. Um, We do have a number of new recurring characters. And while I'm not going to run through every single one of them, because there are a lot of them, I'm going to do a few today and a few next week. Just, you know, we acknowledged the main cast in our first season and haven't really touched on any of our newer characters. I'm dying to hear because I have commentary on, I think, all of them. Go for it. Oh, good. So I wanted to start with Thomas Coyle, who is played by Chris Holden Reed. Um, um, Wowie zowie alert for me. I was going to say I'm coming around on Thomas Coyle. <laughs> Chris has 79 acting credits. Uh, he most recently appeared in the series Hudson and Rex, as well as Departure. He was also in the Showtime series The Tudors back in 2007. Uh, Next up, we have adult Jacob Landry, played by Spencer McPherson. Yeah. 
And if that face is familiar to you, you perhaps watched uh, the seriously underrated series School Spirits on Paramount Plus, which I believe has now re-aired on Netflix. He has 29 acting credits. He plays Xavier on that series. I highly recommend it. If you like a little bit of the supernatural, which if you're watching The Way Home, seems like you probably do. Do you have thoughts on Spencer? Yes, I'm very excited that we finally got to see him in this episode. And um, there was some commentary on Reddit over the weekend prior to Sunday night's episode that um, I guess like Sadie LaFlame. No, right. Mm -hmm. Did I say her name right? Okay, from memory. um, Everybody's very excited because they're like, They were like, oh, they follow each other on Instagram. So Mm. it it must be confirmed that he's going to be in the show. So, yeah. And when I saw his name come up in the credits to um, when the show opened, I was like, oh, we're going to get him. We're going to get a Jacob. So, yeah, that's all. And finally, for this week, we have Vaughn Murray, who plays Casey Goodwin. Vaughn is a non-binary actor, and this is their fourth acting credit most recently they appeared in 20 episodes of a series called the solution years i hadn't heard of anything else that they had been in but me me neither me neither nothing i like them a lot yeah me too i'll throw some more at you next week thanks for doing that cool let's hear a synopsis Founder's Day in Port Haven brings up memories for Dell, Alice, and Elliot cat finds herself caught between two worlds in her search for answers that's it All right. Well, it's freaking Founders Day, y'all, and no one is excited about it except Rita, I think is the overarching. (laughs) Big red. Yeah. Yeah, that's one. I loved it. Um, When we run through our characters here, can we start with Sam? Yeah. Hot Silver Fox Sam is working his way through the women of Port Haven. Kind of gross, but okay. But he does finally find his way to Dell at the end, and we get the much-anticipated, in quotation marks, skinny-dipping scene at the end. Mm -hmm. Just so we're clear, that's not (laughs) skinny-dipping. That's just swimming in your undies. Not the same. Yeah, yeah. How good does Andy McDowell look? Yeah, fuck off. (laughs) I was so mad. I was so mad. She takes her shirt off. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. I would run into the ocean in my underwear, too. (laughs) I just... Good on you, Andy McDowell. Well, the the guy that plays Sam Bishop is no slouch either. Looking pretty good. Oh, fully agree. Sure. But I'm not envious of... His 60-year-old body. No. <laughs> no, I hear you. I absolutely hear you. Yeah, it was funny because I know that whole scene had been, like like you said, highly anticipated. Oh, my God, this is going to be the first scene that Hallmark has ever shown with somebody with, like, her top off. Well, her top was not off. It was literally, like, she was in a bra. She's but in it, a bathing suit for it, all intents and purposes. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. But, like, hey, I'm here for it. Like... Totally. Uh, I don't need a G-rated, sh- you know, liked it a lot. Um, Evan Williams was live tweeting last night's episode. Pretty funny. I got to recommend him if you want either while you're watching or after watching. But he says, props to Andy McDowell and Rob Stewart for that skinny dipping scene. You did it, guys. It was November and that water was, all caps, freezing. Oh, boy. 
So. Good for them. Yeah, but I just kinda... I just imagine they're always cold in this show because they're jumping in that water and walking around wet all the time. Yeah, I bet like off off uh, camera they have like those big like heated blankets they're wrapping them. I hope so. You know what I mean? Um, are they what kind of body? They're not in the pond. Are they in the ocean? It's like that beach where they have all their bonfires and stuff. That Bay Area. Oh yeah, the cove. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, got it. Why don't we just wrap up Adele? Okay. She had several scenes in memory with Colton uh-huh. in this episode and made me feel kind of heartbroken for her. I just, you know, last in contrast to last season, she was so angry at him. Mm. But this season is just all these memories are like in loving memory. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And it just makes me sad. It just makes me sad. She feels like she's a an imposter. She's not truly a Landry. She's worried that she, Colton is not going to, to be proud of her. And they have this whole moment about how great Alice is. Are, are we supposed to read more into those scenes, do you think? I'm glad you asked that because that's my question. Do you think... The through line for Dell is her saying she's not a real Landry. It comes up multiple times in the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says it to Colton. She says it to Rita. She says it to her daughter and granddaughter. And they say, you're more Landry than any of us. It, does that mean something? That's a good question. Is our, Because, you know, you and I had that kind of jokingly, oh, Colton's the Landry. Dell's not the Landry. But she's so committed to the Landry of it all that uh, it feels like a clue. Yeah, I think so too, but I don't know. I mean, everything feels like a clue to me Mm -hmm, at this point. mm -hmm. So who knows? Who knows? My other question about that moment is they talk about Alice. You know, they have this like, I'm so proud of you. Our family's so great. How great is our granddaughter? With this idea that Colton's been watching over them all. Mm -hmm. Did you not have a moment of, even in that moment, did they not realize who Alice is? Because Colton is a ghost. Colton's last alive moments were when Alice was in their lives. It just seems to me that if anybody should have some recall, and maybe it's just for convenience sake that they don't, but I just thought, wait a minute, Mm. you still don't know who she is? Yeah, good point. Okay. There is so much happening in this episode that I'm trying to get some of the smaller plot points out of the way. Yeah, (laughs) good good idea. (laughs) So let's talk Casey. Sure. Casey is doing research about their family. And is not loving what they find. They're asked to present a check to the town on behalf of their grandmother because the father can't be there. The Goodwins were not great people. Shady characters. Mm -hmm. They were given this letter of Mark, which is like, yeah, pillage whatever you want, y'all. King says it's cool, which is so bizarre to me. Like a purge pass, basically. Yeah. And this, again, presents more questions to me because... Casey is the one who was asked to present the check. Casey says, my father can't be there. Why? Is there something more to this? Is it simply that we haven't cast this character? Or is something happening with the father that's more nefarious than this? I know Casey is working at the Herald partly because they're interested in the paper before it becomes obsolete, but also to keep themselves busy while dad's wrapping up the estate. But to me, it seemed like when they said, my dad's not available, it I, I felt like wasn't even around. 
Yeah, that's how it came off to me, too. How available would he have to be to show up and walk a check up to the stage? Mm -hmm. Here's my other question, too, is why wouldn't... I would assume that Casey's father is around the same age as Kat and Elliot. Yeah, that makes sense because Casey and Alice Alice are are the same age. Yes. So wouldn't they... Like cat and no him. Yeah. Why are nice? Why aren't we talked about him much yeah. at all? Yeah. I, hmm, I wonder. Again, is it a clue or is it not? It's probably not. The Goodwin matriarch is that Casey's grandmother or great grandmother? Because the reason I ask is maybe Casey's dad didn't grow up in Port Haven. Mm-hmm. Just her grandmother lived there, but that's not where he lived. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know Gosh. either. Before leaving. Casey's storyline. Did you think it was weird when Kat and Casey took the photo and Casey was a little bit reluctant? I did. Okay. (laughs) What do you think that means? More questions than answers. I don't have any idea about what I think that it means, but I do think that bizarre theory we talked about last week where somebody said maybe Casey is a time traveler. Mm -hmm. I thought, maybe. Yeah, I had read some stuff on Reddit. Maybe we talked about it here, too, that suggested Casey was the byproduct of Elliot and... Yes, I brought it up last week. Yes, okay. So perhaps they didn't want to be photographed just the same as, like, Alice and Kat were photographed together, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, Is it going to be, like, a Marty McFly situation where they're, like... you know, the picture of them is, you know, you know what I'm talking about here. I 100% do. My husband has a shirt. It's their bodies without heads because they told it to fade away. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Agree. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not the mystery solver. <sighs> Nobody's inviting me to join their Scooby gang anytime soon. No, no, no. Okay, who's next? Let's do Alice. Oh, right. Alice, I'm so excited that she and um and I don't I don't even know that guy's name. The hottie from the from the Noah. 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 That's right. I'm so happy that and I had mentioned this before in a couple episodes back that that Alice has an age appropriate friend in current day and I I'm loving like their chemistry. Like obviously they're setting these two up as potential love interest and it totally. makes me very happy. Yeah, we learned Noah's the grandson of Wally of Wally's Fish and Chips Dynasty. <laughs> and he had big big dreams of a swimming scholarship, but turns out he's a small fish in a big pond and has no idea what's next. She's also trying to matchmake Cat and Elliot. Yes. And she invites Elliot to dinner. She finagles getting them to help her decorate the gazebo because she finds out in the past that that's something they used to do together so she's trying to yeah make a little magic uh, but why and cat asked the same question cat was like that's not for you to like mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. but i think alice and i think she said it she's like i'm just trying to figure out like why the pond would keep sending me back to now 2001 like am i is this supposed to be like you know her destiny to like put them together but right she did get sent back and she only meets up with elliot she's not seen cat again in her visits back so that's those are good questions for her to be asked if the pond has a reason what is it yeah yet she does meet victor who is elliot's dad who is a complete slime ball 
the worst. I was like so grossed out by him. When Alice comes to visit and yes. she meets Vic and Vic says, oh, your friend's here. Nice job. I was like, oh, you are disgusting, so sir. You are an Augustine after all. Can I punch him in the face through my TV? Like, yuck. Gross. Yeah, Vic the dick sucks. <laughs> Vic the dick. You're funny. We, we thought we hated Rita last year. Now we hate Rick. Rick. Now we hate Vic. Yeah, he's really the worst. And Vic is a shadow over Elliot this entire episode. He's got his past completely up his ass. And understandably so, that was not a great home life that Elliot had. Mm. And we learned that even Kat didn't know what it was like. He never wanted her to pity him. And so I think the only one who really knew was Colton, probably Dell to a certain extent. But Colton seemed to have a really good read on who Vic was. And yeah. we see in some other scenes the way they've made this place for Elliot in their barn and in their family. Oh, my shows heart. how much Colton knew that Elliot needed that safe yeah. space away from his home life, which is heartbreaking. Yeah, so now you can really see like how devastated Elliot was to lose Colton. Sure. Right? Because Colton was like this pseudo father to him because Vic was an absolute nightmare. Yeah, Vic has a chip on his shoulder because he considers himself one of the founding families of Port Haven, but not one of the prestigious founding families, not one of the founding families everyone's proud of and could never let it go. Yeah, what happens to Vic? Is he, is he alive still in current day? Uh, yes, because Elliot visits him when he's traveling over the... When he left. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Elliot right. does kind of reclaim his history and uh, rewrites the Augustine story at Founders Day in a very sweet moment. And hopefully he can wash the stink of Vic and his mortifying speech. Well, can I tell you that I still have not come around to Elliot. Uh, mm. I still think he can be a real jerk sometimes. And in this particular episode when him and Kat are dancing at the gazebo and Kat confesses that she told Susanna about the time travel, he flips out and he's like, how could you do that to Susanna? That's going to ruin her life. And I just was like, is he overreacting? He, so, he's so mercurial with Kat. And if I were Kat, I'm really glad that she gives it right back to him mm -hmm. because I'm done with it. I love Kat and Elliot together. I thought their moment at the gazebo and the lights turn on was such a sweet stars hollow esque moment. I loved it so much and they dance and that's very sweet while the band plays and then he blows up and I'm just, I'm so tired of it, Elliot, because you'd never know what you're going to get with him. Uh -huh. And you know I wanted Kat to be like, yo, Susanna's a witch. She can handle the information that I time travel via pawn. Like, the scales are balanced here. And also, my life is not that easy either. I am chasing my missing brother through time. Yeah. You are not the only person who has had it hard. Yeah. It reminds me of Hamilton where that one part where they're like, oh, when Hamilton says like, oh, let me grab his head from a basket. He's super dead. Like it, <laughs> Susanna is dead. Come on. We can't. Elliot, you're trying to now micromanage what Kat's doing in 1814. Just stop it. I am over Elliot. I'm over Elliot and Kat. And let me just transition this. 
I feel some hot chemistry between Kat and Thomas. Oh my goodness. Let's Am talk I wrong? about Kat in 1814. You are not wrong. Before we get to what is actually more of a skinny dipping scene, let's talk about some potential clues that get thrown out early in this episode. Yes. Kat is at the Landry farm with Elijah and Susanna. Shout out to Evan Williams, who tweets, why was Susanna writing backwards, which leads me to believe that's a clue, y'all. I was like, "Mm." I wrote Susanna's doing witchy stuff. But when he asks that question, it leads me to believe it's more relevant than that. Oh, Cyrus busts in and he's digging for information. He makes cryptic comments, comments about the salve she has made for Elijah, kind of like hinting like he knows what's up here. You're not just an herbalist. Mm -hmm. I see you. And then here's what I think is a big clue. He asks if they're going to need help with the harvest because Jacob's not back. And Elijah says, a Landry planted and a Landry will dig it up. Remember the soil? Do you remember the soil? Oh, the soil. I think we're talking about something here. Go on. But then later in the episode, I think maybe there's something else that he's referring to. So Kat and Susanna are developing this really lovely friendship that I'm very Mm -hmm. much enjoying. Me too. Because talk about who else doesn't have friends her own age. Kat has no friends. (laughs) Well, now she has a friend in 1814. It's a real bummer. So... She sees Thomas bathing in the pond, and y'all, they are flirting, right? I mean, it is not the man who shot her and is angry at her anymore. It is straight up banter when he's like, I rescued you. I carried your very heavy, wet body across town. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. It it is hot. Yeah, I agree. I was like, whoa, the tension here is, I can Do you want to join me? (laughs) Yes. It's like, in your dreams, buddy. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. And then when she picks up his stuff and the paintbrushes fall out, I gasped out loud. (laughs) But even more, he says, my Catherine. Yes. I was like, well, I didn't see any of that coming. No, neither did Uh, I. I did not see a, uh, dang it. What? Calliot is the Cat Elliot ship name. I don't know what the Thomas Cat ship name is, but whoo! Top Cat. <gasps> That's obvious. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hashtag Top Cat. I'm into it. Uh, 100%. And th- I honestly think they're making Elliot be insufferable on purpose, so we start to root for them. I mean, this is a doomed <laughs> romance. It's 200 years ago. Well, but nevertheless. I mean, it parallels Alice's, you know, like infatuation with Nick, who she can't have a real life relationship with because Indeed. they're in different time eras. So also, she's a minor. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But anyway, oh, I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. I love it. I love it. We start to fall in love with Thomas a little bit, right? And uh, trust him a little bit, I'm, which is odd because I don't think he's necessarily a good guy. But w- we learn that there's no Elliot on the ship's manifest, but there is a Thomas Coyle on the ship's manifest, which Kat assumes is Jacob. She confirms that when he says, oh, I paid for his passage back because he couldn't afford it. But I don't know, y'all, because we got to talk about the final scene. Well, let's oh. talk about it. 
What? We have to talk about the moment just before the final scene. When they're harvesting in the dirt where doesn't anything mm. appear to be growing, what are they harvesting? What are, what's happening here? I, I don't know. I thought they were just turning over the dirt. I didn't know what was happening there. Harvesting means like you're taking it from the ground, your harvest. So I don't know what they're doing. But uh, Kat digs up a bag that contains clothing that looks suspiciously like Jacob's red shoes that he disappeared wearing. And in that moment, the Belladonna arrives. Okay. However, let me stop you there. It's been 24 years. Those clothes, those shoes are not going to disintegrate over time underground in dirt with water and snow disintegrate i don't know if they're gonna biodegrade in 24 years that is a good question she pulls out a practically brand new looking shoe it might be dirty but i don't know i just was like okay but i liked the scene don't get me wrong made to last yeah i how is converse not a sponsor of the show (laughs) i don't understand but i i do agree i i it confirmed that he was there for her, right? Confirmed for her, yes. For Kat. So now when they run down to the cove, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was expecting, but I was not expecting a rowboat to come in. It's because the ship is off in the distance. They can't, they can't beach the ship on the... So they have to row in off of the larger ship. I knew you were going to say that. I 100% knew you were going to Easy. Easy, girl. Because <laughs> they don't show the ship much, but it's just like you get a glimpse of it off into the distance. I, I didn't even see that. I was yeah. just expecting something more than a freaking rowboat. I was like, <laughs> what? Have they been out at sea in this rowboat? Like, it's like the little tender that they use to get from the boat to shore. Yeah. Like on a cruise. Okay. How did you feel about that scene? Well, I think Kat needs to slow her roll, right? She She's looking, she's looking, and this boy turns around who looks just like the rendering she had done of Jacob. That's it for her. She goes running into the water, screaming his name. He does not appear to recognize her. Uh, how would he? He's never known adult Kat. I know, but it was so sad. <laughs> it was very sad, and out of the woods come the constable. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, we're in Canada, the Mounties. And they arrest Jacob for treason and drag him away. And we have a moment that mirrors Kat witnessing the accident that killed her father. Oh, yeah. For me. I mean, Mm. Kyler Lee gets to cry. Kyler Lee was made to cry on screen. Dude, she took that kick like a champ. I was like, what the F? Like, he just kicked her into the ocean. (laughs) Does that happen in real life? Oh, my God. That was so wild to me. So we were wrong about some things. We said there's no way Jacob is going to be on that ship. You believed he was still time traveling. Uh, we, We? That seems to be Jacob. Yep. I suppose there's still a question of it's if it's the the Jacob, but that's the Jacob Landry of 1814 that everybody else knew. And he looks an awful lot like the rendering of Jacob Landry. So question, why is he being arrested for treason? For what? What did he do? Well, we don't know that. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss something. And did Thomas orchestrate that? Well, see that that's where I was going there. So we started to trust Thomas, but 
what was he doing? What kind of trouble did they get into? Did Thomas have something to do with that? Is Thomas being truthful? I don't know. I don't know either. I do know that uh, Sadie Laflamme Snow did say uh, on TikTok after episode five, basically, the S hits the fan. Oh, nothing's ever going to be the same. So can't wait. This is appointment TV for me. I do need to tell you that I was right about one thing. Let me hear it. And that's Kat seeing Thomas Coyle in the present. It was a yeah. vision. It was, like, it was a vision. Like, yes. yes. It was exactly as I said it was. Uh, you know, the editors know what they're doing in terms of previews. They got to get the audience all hyped up to talk about it. Do you want to call out any particular moments that you liked? Well, we already mentioned it. I loved when Kat hands Elliot's ass back to him outside the gazebo. (laughs) I just have a real, like, dislike for Elliot this season. And I don't know if that's by design or if it's just because I have a black heart or what. I don't know. He just gets to me. I really enjoyed the meat cute outside eating the mustard on the french fries between Noah and Alice. Another highlight for me is the relationship that's forming between Susanna and Kat. I just hope that Susanna doesn't do Kat dirty. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, I also had this other thought, if Uh I can just share it here. Yeah. So there's, there's no way that 1814 Jacob and Susanna end up being together because then that would make Elliot a family member of Kat's and then mm. they would, they've had, you know, mm. kissing moments. That would be really weird, right? Yes. So, Although they're, you know, Dell has some big secret and I didn't see this preview, but apparently Dell gets a phone call that was going to change her life in the next episode. Oh, and I didn't see that preview either. I, there was some speculation that perhaps Jacob isn't the biological child of Dell and Colton. This is Reddit speculation. Oh. I don't, but the theories are fast and they are furious that perhaps he came to them from something else. From somewhere too. So... We don't know what we don't know, but oh, so that like is a good point. He came to Dell and Colton just as he came to Elijah and Rebecca. Potentially. Oh, interesting. God, I freaking love this show. Me too. I really like it. Any highlights for you? Well, Casey referring to Rita as Big Red, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as you mentioned, the Cat and Susanna friendship might be my current favorite relationship in the show. There's a lot of warmth there. They're on the same team. And speaking of hate, hashtag Tomcat, I'm so into it. Me too. Let's talk unsolved mysteries. Okay, let's go through your list. All right. There's no horse anymore. <laughs> they lost the rights to the horse who knows (laughs) no facebook remember we don't know who was in the bushes during the fireworks scene in the past i'm telling you well i okay they somebody took a really good screen grab of it yeah and it it looks like colton but Mm -hmm. i'm thinking it's probably jacob Mm. i believe you i i could get into that 
the cat portrait. So Alice still thinks that Jacob painted it. They have a conversation in this episode where she says that Jacob painted it. Obviously, we're getting thrown clues that suggest that maybe it's not quite that easy. And Thomas Coyle is an artist and used the phrase, my Catherine. So the wrenches in this system abound. Mm. We don't really have any new information about the Lingamore estate, except that Elliot was house-sitting there, and perhaps this is his end-of-summer fling, and he's talked into throwing a party there Mm. by some of his wilder friends. What's the deal with the soil, we ask? Perhaps Elijah Landry was giving us a clue, or perhaps he's just like, don't dig up Jacob's stuff. (laughs) I don't know. It's where the bodies are buried out there. Del has not even hinted at what secret she was going to tell Kat. There is no Through the Looking Glass mention in this episode that uh-huh. I noticed. No. No firework, fireplace stones come into play. Last week we asked, do we see Thomas Coyle in the present day? And the answer is no, we do not. The newest mystery is what was Jacob arrested for? And is Thomas Coyle a good guy or a bad guy? Or perhaps a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, I get worried because when Casey is at the paper and they say, like, did you know that they did executions for treason? Oh. Yeah. Is Kat afraid that Jacob is going to be executed? And that's why he's not in any of the record books. Because he was a criminal. Great question. I don't know. Big question. Did we find Jacob? Yes. And then he's yoinked away. <laughs> I hope we get some more next next week of him. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Are you ready for Pike and Does It Again? Yeah, I have, I have two. Awesome. I have, I have two songs. The opening song at the top of the episode is a song called The Mother by Flora Fauna. It's a new song. I don't know much about this artist other than she's an L.A. artist. Floral Fauna. I had to show Sounds like someone Andy Rosen would work with. Right? I think so, too. (laughs) And then the band that was playing during the Founders Day parade, fair, whatever you call it, uh, is a band called JJ and the Pillars, and they are a real-life band from Canada. Cool. That's all I got. Well done. Thank you for listening to this Twisty Turny episode of Girls Gone Hallmark. If you love this podcast, we love your five-star ratings and reviews. You can leave them in the podcast app of your choice. We really appreciate it. We'll be back with a brand new review of The Way Home next week. Until then, hop into our Facebook group to talk all things Hallmark. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.